Do you want to become a better hockey player this summer with Paul Vincent Hockey? Since 1972, Paul Vincent, currently the head skills instructor of the Florida Panthers, has been developing NHL and college hockey players. Paul Vincent stands by his saying, there is always room for player development. Players such as Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Matt Grizzlick, Patrick Sharp, Adam Oates, and many more have trained with Coach Vincent and his staff and have outstanding results. Join Paul Vincent this summer at one of his four Massachusetts locations, Canton, Saugus, Middleton, and Falmouth on Cape Cod. Registration is now open for 2022 camps. To reserve your spot today, go to pvhockey.com or call 978-807-4070. That's pvhockey.com or call 978-807-4070. Paul Vincent is ready to get back to work this summer. Are you? Welcome to New England Hockey Journal's RinkWise Podcast, the podcast for serious hockey players and their supporters to help further their development and navigate their way throughout their hockey careers. And now, here is your host, New England Hockey Journal's Kirk Ludicky. Welcome to New England Hockey Journal's RinkWise Podcast. Kirk Ludicky here. So glad you could join us. We've got a great show today. We have Providence Bruins head coach Ryan Mouchanel joining us. He's going to talk about kind of his experiences coaching and what it's been like being a first-year head coach, and then we're going to give you guys the meat. We're going to get into Boston Bruins prospects, because let's face it, everyone wants to know who's coming up through the pipeline and who's going to be getting it done. So we are so glad to have Coach Mujanel join us via Zoom. I'm in studio, and without further ado, here is my conversation with Ryan Mujanel. Welcome to RinkWise. So happy to bring... Providence Bruins head coach Ryan Mujanel to the show with us. Uh, Muj, how are you? Ryan, good to see you. Thanks for coming on. Uh, yeah, no, I'm great. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, uh, yeah, we had a conversation recently and we were talking and it was kind of, it was interesting because we kind of connected on some, some topics and some philosophical things. And I just kept saying, as you were, as you were giving, you know, you were, you were providing context and insights into your experiences as coach and some of the players you work with, I said to myself, man, we just got to get them on the podcast because I think you really have some, not just some some interesting perspectives on on players that Bruins fans are are, are looking forward to, to hopefully seeing in Boston someday and cheering for, but also on the game. So so again, you know, thanks thanks for joining me, and and I want us kind of start. I mean, you and you came from the you came from the OHL, and 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 you played you played pro hockey, and you, you ended up coaching. You've really a kind of a guy that's you know worked your way up, and you've really you've had to pay your dues. Um, you know, starting out in the East Coast League and in, in, in Fresno, uh, just if you could kind of take us back to some of those early days of coaching and what you really had to to, to learn, and it kind of helped you get you on this path to continue to climb the ladder. Yeah, it's it's funny because like um, a lot of people say that about um, paying your dues, and and I, I don't think I ever approached it like that. I think uh, for me, it was an education in the game and. And sometimes education comes in different ways. Uh, you know, I think about uh, when I played, I wish uh, at the time I'd probably taken more info in uh, as a player. It's always kind of funny when, um, you know, I was doing a hockey school with a couple of my my buddies, uh, the Primos that have played a long time. And I remember um, Wayne Primo saying to me, he's like, I just wish I remembered like 
one fourth of the drills. I don't know any drills. I don't remember anything from when I played. So uh, there's experiences when you played, whether they're good or bad. And then, and then, um, you know, there's experiences as you coach that kind of forge your way uh, into making you what you are as a coach. And, uh, you know, I don't think I'm any different than a lot of other coaches that, that kind of, you know, got their education in different ways. And, and I'm very thankful for that. I'm, I'm very thankful for the people that, um, have had influences uh, with me, things that I've taken good or bad. I think, you know, that's what you can do when you're, you're trying to, you know, make your own identity as a coach. Right. And I mean, you started out under Matt Thomas and, uh, and now your guys are back together again. You got the band back together again. Maybe just talk about about that relationship. Well, it's funny because Maddie and I grew up together. Uh, we were lifelong friends and, and, um, uh, I think that was a real important part of it. And, and then I had Maddie as a coach, uh, as an assistant, my last year playing, um, and then when I had the opportunity to go coach with Maddie, I think, you know, if, if I were to give anybody, you know, career tips, if they're going to get into coaching, I'd say, go do it with one of your best friends. And I think, you know, we did a lot of things in Fresno. We wore a lot of hats and, and uh, Maddie is, is a special guy. He's tons of fun. Uh, he's obviously, you know, he's grown up as a coach. He's a career coach, uh, has an amazing pedigree, um, you know, a lot of people probably don't even know, but Maddie started at the University of Maine at, under Sean Walsh. Um, and that's kind of where he started developing his identity as a coach, as somebody that's uh, extremely detailed and worked. And And I remember my first year coaching with him. I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. How do you know so much? And I know so little, you know. And, and um, uh, yeah, if you're going to do it, I, I can't think of a better way to do it uh, with somebody you trust and, and have, you know, great stories with and, and a relationship with. And then when, you know, Maddie came here, it was real important that, that he fit in with, with Trent Whitfield, Trent and I are very close and, and uh, we wanted a personality that was a lot like ourselves. Uh, and uh, it's been, it's been great having uh, the two of them here with me. The proof is in the pudding, and you know, again, we're we're talking. I know you're not necessarily focused on that, but it's you know, in in, in this results oriented business, I imagine it's a challenge. You have to balance the requirements of winning hockey games with with developing hockey players, and you guys are off to a you know pretty good start. What are what are kind of some of the positive things that you're noticing about your your club? You know, from a team perspective, in terms of what they're doing, and there's always room to work and improve. But uh, are you overall you know, pretty encouraged by what you're seeing from this group so far. Yeah, I, I think I think the group itself. I think the, you know, first thing is we have uh, amazing veterans, and and not just as players, but um, the Bruins do such a good job here identifying high quality people. And and we brought in Aaron Ness. We already had uh, Didier, who is uh, off the charts. Uh, Cameron Hughes, guys that have been around, you know, Fogarty, these guys are uh, Troy Grossnick, guys that are just like off the chart as people and players. Um, so to be honest with you, Kirk, it's made my job as a coach extremely easy that way. Uh, there hasn't been, you know, there's been a lot of vertical assimilation in the fact that, you know, guys come up, guys go down, um, it's been an evolving roster with COVID and everything else. And and I think a lot of credit to the players. They've done a great job of managing 
um, different guys in and out of the lineup. We haven't had a ton of rhythm. Um, just that's just kind of the year it's been. And, and um, that I'm really encouraged by is that, you know, our standard of how we play has been pretty consistent. Uh, I think from a coaching staff perspective, it can always be better. Um, but for the most part, we're real happy with the, with a lot of the growth in our players. I think we're a better team today than we were in September. Um, and that's real important to us. Um, some guys are having, you know, uh, real good years. That's important to us. Um, so, uh, the growth of the team is still kind of evolving. It's going in the right direction. So, uh, no complaints, but a lot of that, a lot of that goes to the players, um, and the ability to identify high quality people that Sweens and Cam and Evan Gold and Jamie Langenburner have done. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and when we talked on the phone, I, I, I said to you, you know, my honest assessment, you know, there's a, there's a lot of chatter out there. And you look, you, you respect points from all views, but I think a lot is made out of, you know, when, when they try to rank organizations and they try to rank prospects, you know, it's, it's always about draft pedigree and it's about, well, some of these teams are stockpiling they, because they've had volume picks and they've had early picks, you know, they, they naturally come out at the pecking order. And my honest assessment with the Bruins, you've got a couple really intriguing higher end guys in the system, you know, but, but you, you have a lot of guys that I think, and I mentioned this to you, they're good pros and, you know, the Bruins have had to be creative because maybe they haven't had those high picks and a lot of picks. Uh, but they've done a pretty good job of, of, of building a pretty good organization. And just, just your thoughts on that and, and, and your perspective of, of some of those pros that are now playing for you in Providence. Well, I, I, the one thing that, you know, not that I'm dialed into where we land in the prospect pool, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. Um, because the one thing that that I see every day and our staff sees every day is the person. And um, they've done a great job of drafting kids that want to be hockey players. And sometimes it takes longer uh, than others. Um, the Bruins have the patience and the resources to grow those players. Um, they also have, you know, something that a lot of teams don't have in the National Hockey League is they've been a very good team for you know, a plethora of years where there is no rush to get these guys in the lineup. We want them to be the best version of them when they get to the National Hockey League. Some teams don't have that luxury. You know, some some kids are, you know, forced into those spots. And the NHL is is a tough league. And there's not a lot of players that I've seen that I've, I'm not saying there aren't, but there's not a lot of players that can go in and play immediately. I, I just haven't seen it. And, um, you know, what I see from what, the quality of, of picks that we've had is uh, there's a huge um, there's a huge stress on the growth of the player. And sometimes you don't see that right away. And I don't even see it as a coach, but as these guys go on in their career, you start seeing like, wow, I, this is why they drafted him. And, and that's not reflected in draft rankings or, prospect pools people don't get to see that every day and and you know i'm very thankful for the american hockey league and the, the ability to see that so i think it's real important uh, at the american league level to celebrate what they are and and that's what i get to do every day we can work on their weaknesses and that that's what the american league's about so when you're talking about uh you know prospect pools and really 
nobody knows how good their prospects are, only the people that deal with them every day. That's great point. I, if, before we get into some of the some of the players that you've you've been around, not only as as head coach this year, but as assistant in recent in recent seasons under Jay Leach, and but before we get into that, I remember we were talking and we were looking back on some your experiences at the beginning in in the in the AHL, and I was curious, you know, for, for there are players and people might not realize this. There's a tendency for people to maybe think that players kind of show up as finished products, you know, and they, and they forget how much of how young they are when many of these guys turn pro, but that there's so much more in their process. Right. And, and for some it's, it's a quicker process and then they're up, you know, some don't even have to play in the minors. They can just go straight in. But then for the larger percentage, it takes time. And this is what you were talking about just a few minutes ago. It takes time and they, and they have to want to be a player. But when you were first, my question for you is when you were first starting out in the AHL and you were in San Jose's system and you were working with those San Jose prospects, what were your early takeaways in terms of the players that were coming in and, and it, did it surprise you or did you have, were there were some surprises for you in terms of how some of those players approached their own preparation process for ultimately making it on that, that big club? Yeah, that, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a good, that's a, it's funny how different organizations value different things too. Right. And, and I think that's, that's an important part of it uh, as well. And, and I don't think any organization's um, model is right or wrong. It's just what you value. I, I know the Boston Bruins, we value um, guys that compete um, guys with courage. Um, you know, that that's a big part of, of the Bruins uh, fabric where other organizations is a little bit different, you know, not that I'm, I'm privy to that information, but just by my own eyes, I know, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs are a big skill based um, and, and which isn't right or wrong. You know, it's, it's, it's what, what you think works, but, you know, I think in San Jose, the one thing that, that I took out of that was the players that had success in growth were players that had a lot of, a lot of questions were inquisitive and it's something that's kind of stuck with me. Um, you know, players that come in and, and ask questions and, and want to get better and why ask why all the time. I think those are the guys that, you know, have success. And I'm not saying there's players that don't do that, that don't have success, but in my experiences um, that's something that I saw kind of from the get go in San Jose was, you know, I, I think about a kid that I had, Dylan DeMello, who was kind of a little bit unassuming at the time. Uh, wasn't really, I would say, a, like a big prospect on the radar. Um, but he's one of those guys I, like that I talked about before that if you knew the kid, I knew he was going to make it. I worked with him every day. There's no way that kid wasn't going to make it. But he put the time in. He was super inquisitive, uh, watched a lot of hockey, uh, you know, would call me at times and be like, hey, did you see this play in Arizona? You know, and, and you know, Jack Stanick is a lot like that. Um, we have a lot of guys that are, are, are like that as well. So um, that's one big part of, of the growth process, I think, in the American Hockey League. But, um, you know, to get to your point, there are some guys that are, are ready for the NHL and you just know it right away. Um, they've been far and few for me, to be honest. I haven't yeah. seen many do it. Um, 
I think the other part too, Kirk, in the American Hockey League, which is an important part of it, is players have to struggle uh, at this level because they gotta they gotta figure out how to get out of it. And I've seen it on the other side when players go up to the National Hockey League too early, they start to struggle. They don't know how to get out of it. So the American League is a little bit of a mechanism for those guys to to hit reset and get their games to where they need to be to get out of it. Right. Where if you're trying to get out of it in the NHL, it just it's just tough to do. So when I started talking to you, you know, for the for the story I was doing, Oscar Steen had just been brought up and you 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 related the the, the anecdote uh, from the recent game in Providence right before he was recalled where he made a, a, a great play and you turned to Witter and you said, nah, I don't think we're going to see him. We're not going to see him again. and so far that's 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 come to fruition but just starting with him i mean fans are aware they're they're watching him in boston now but what they're not aware of is his his involvement and his development in providence which you saw as at first as an assistant coach and then as his his head coach this year so if you could just shine some light on what has made oscar steen so um you know such a a rising prospect in a very short amount of time this year yeah i think you know a lot of that goes to to Witter. He he spent a lot of time with 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 uh with Steiner, but you know, like the one thing about Steiner is he's a low maintenance guy to begin with. Um he's like got a crazy thirst to get better. Um he's a student of the game. There were things in his game early on like he he is an intense kid. He's he's a fiery kid. You you'll see it from time to time and and, you know, he played with a lot of physicality and, and not that he had a lot of those things we talked about as as a Bruin that that we value. Right. Like he's tons of courage. He's, you know, he's super committed, all, all the things that we love about him. And now, you know, I think this year he was put in a way more kind of offensive role and he just flourished and he was ready for that. I, I don't think he was ready his first two years for it, to be honest with you. Um but he his growth has been a nice steady burn, and that's what you want to see. Is he's at a spot in his career where we know he can go up and help the Bruins, and that's it's always hard at the American League level when you're we're losing a player like like Oscar and losing the person around the room. I'm not gonna lie, we we kind of miss him a little bit from time to time, just uh, the personality, uh, let alone the player, but. Uh, that's what the American League's about is when guys are ready, they need to go. And his game was in a good place. I think it's still in a really good place up there. And um, he's mentally ready for the NHL. And I think that was another big part of it was his growth mentally, I think, was was a big part of it. One thing we talked about yeah, is the importance of when you're working with young players, especially players that are in a de- developmental leagues, you know, whether it's in juniors, whether it's, you know, AHL it's sometimes things aren't going so well for them and so they have you know whatever their their own thoughts were about their path and their process maybe they're not where they thought they need to be but you know the importance of not moping or or or, or making you know focusing on things that they can't control but to be ready when your number's called and be ready and and and, and respond and it could change your life and we're looking right now number 
Number five on your roster, but number 58 uh, up in Boston, Urho Vakanainen gets an opportunity and he goes up and he's making the most of it. And again, you know, had it not been for injuries and COVID and things like that, you know, he's probably still down in Providence, but your just thoughts on how he was doing for you and what you've seen watching him from afar since he's gone up. Well, Vax is another guy that's, uh, you know, I'm sure Bruins fans wanted to see him, you know, in the lineup the day after he was drafted. But again, that's it's it really isn't a reality in this business. I, I just don't think that, especially for defensemen to go up and have immediate success. It's just, it's just not a reality. I, I wish it were true. There's few and far Charlie McAvoy's or Kel McCars. They're, they're not a lot. There's not a lot of those guys. And listen, those guys are going to struggle at some point in their career too, right? Like it's, that's part of it. But Vax, you know, Vax was in 18, 19 when we had him. He'd already played one year of pro hockey. He was like, a, he's a super mature kid. And um, his growth was a little bit stunted by injuries early on. Right. And then, you know, I'll be honest, when he went up, I don't, I don't, I just don't think he was ready for the NHL and uh, both physically and probably more mentally, like, he got up there and he's like, this is a really good league. He came to the American league. He's like, this is a really good league. And, and he came back this year, bigger, stronger, meaner, took in so much information on how he has to be. And I thought he was really, really good in training camp. And then that's just kind of like growing uh, all year with him here. He was our best D Um, he's just been, he was just outstanding. And then when he went up, you know, his game was in such a good place. Like it's, it's not, I'm not really to be honest. I'm not really shocked. Uh, he's, he's a really good hockey player and that's something we've known. It's, it's about getting the opportunity and the, and the runway to do it. And, you know, I, I watched him the other night and I was like, he's just, he's just, he's a special kid. He's, he's another guy we miss, you know, he's, uh, he's got tons of personality and it shows in his game. And, um, you know, he's a guy I'm real happy for. Uh, I think he's going to have a great career. 22 years old, you know, and in, in the old model, he would be he would be just a, a college senior. He would just right. still be in college, right? Right. And, and we for, you forget that sometimes too, right? Yeah. <laughs> Especially with that guy, he acts like he's like 39 sometimes. He yeah. acts, he's an old kindred soul. But um, again, slow burn, right? Putting in all those mechanics, putting in, getting his body stronger and, uh, you know, uh, I thought he was. I thought the pairing of him and McAvoy the other night was uh, was great. Yeah, no, no question. And I, and I, yeah, you. It must be difficult. You do it because you must, but it must be difficult sometimes to tune out that white noise when you see so much. You know, ah, you know, this guy should be this, or you know, he, you know. And look, I'm I'm guilty of it at times too. Um, I am really glad uh, to see him having success because again. If if not for certain circumstances, he might have had to wait a little longer, and who knows. But he's really, to his credit, he jumped in there. That play he made, the defensive play in the OT, uh, to stop that rush and turn the play the other way, which led to Taylor Hall's goal. I mean, to me, if you are a coach and you want to draw up a textbook example of a of an important contribution from, from a defenseman on both sides of the ice, that's that's it right there. That's the clip. Yeah. And it's, it's been, listen, it's been a process with Vax too. Like one of his greatest strengths for me was always um, encouraging him 
to create offense. And you don't always say that to young defensemen. Uh, you know, now you got to tone them down, which is right. always kind of good. But um, he was somebody we needed it in his DNA. And I think, you know, he's playing with some real good players up there. I think he feels a little bit more comfortable. And everybody has a past of how, um, you know, they grow in the game. And I think one thing that Vax was always celebrated for was how he defended. He played in a men's league at 17. Um, so he probably didn't have a lot of those opportunities to go and create offense. So, um, you know, we always see the sexy plays and, and we, you know, we're all excited about that. But for me, Vax is some of his best attributes, you know, is how he defends, um, which was real good, was in a real good place. But what I wanted to see more from him was encouraging offense because he has a great mind for it. He just needed to do it more. And uh, he started doing it. And when he does it, he's he's really good at it. So uh, I hope that part of his game keeps developing in the NHL. I, I think he's got people there, especially Butch, who's, you know, Butch has got such an offensive uh, brilliant mind. I think he'd be great for backs. Right. And I'm drawn. I'm taking back to that play he made against Washington. Just a chip off the wall yeah. to spring. Yeah. yeah. Taylor yeah. Hall. I was going to say that's, that was <laughs> that's, actually even a better play. Yeah. That's the better yeah. play, right? That's yeah. what you're looking for. You know, I, I, yeah. I go back to young kids. They always want to stick handle past the, past the opposing player. Yeah. And you're just yeah. at it, right at that spot, just inside the blue line. That's the, that's the danger area where you don't want to turn the puck over. Right. So, great, yeah. There's not, I wouldn't say there's a ton of fluff even in uh <laughs> Vax's game, right? Like he's, he's kind of eliminated any fluff and, he plays direct. He plays smart. He's he's my kind of defenseman. So uh, uh, I spent a lot of time with Vax, and I'm excited for him. Fantastic. Yeah, because for those who don't know, you were running the defenseman uh, in in Providence as, as assistant. So yeah, there's I can I can sense some some pride <laughs> there, and that's good. Like like this is what you want, right? You're a head coach now, and you, and we talked about that balance of you got to win games, and to win games, you have to have the players. But when they're when it's time for them to go, there's no greater validation of what you're doing than providing prepared players who not only go up to the to the parent club but then contribute. So, you know, that's the success story that 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 all organizations are looking for. I think. Well, it's it's yeah, it's a fine. The one the one thing I would say is that's why it's so important to, to develop everybody because, you know, your seventh, you know, your sixth seventh defenseman one day or the next day they're your you know, you're one, two. So it's important to everybody gets their touches and, and their time. And that's why assistant coaches and, and, you know, skill coaches. And I, I think in the Adam McQuaid's of the world, like in the, the Chris Kelly's, these guys are so important, so important. They've done such an amazing job of, of communicating that to the players. And, and we talk about it too. It's when I was in the East coast league and uh, I was in Las Vegas, I was all by myself and, um, I used to keep a log of who I talked to that day because, you know, there's guys that are high maintenance, there's guys that are low maintenance, there's guys that you just don't talk to, uh, every day. And I thought it was real important as like, I was like, man, I haven't talked to that guy in two weeks. Cause he's, you know, such, such low maintenance. It, it didn't have to, but, uh, at the American league level, like if, if, if you leave, you know, a day where you haven't really talked to a player, you know, I don't know, you've really done your job. I think, we underestimate how important that is, is the communication with players. And everybody will say that to you now, like how important it is to communicate, but like communication comes in a lot of different ways. A lot of coaches out there probably think they communicate with their players, but um, 
I'm a big believer in it. Our staff's a big believer in it. Um, that's where that's where you get growth. Well, you know, and that man, I I think that what that last nugget of, of you know what is it forty five seconds you just gave to a minute talking about this so important because I've seen it firsthand. Players need the feedback and just having a simple convert, even even a quick hey, how you doing? You know, you you know how how are you feeling today? You know, you look, look, looked good at practice, and and that is enough. But but not having it, you know, and I can remember having a few conversations with players, and I would say, well, have you talked to him lately? And they, you know, head coach, you know, head coach, no, I have. He hasn't said a word to me, and I'm like, okay, I better check on this before I say too much more, you know, because that is that 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 communication is is so important. So for people who are listening to this podcast. Go back, li- listen to what Coach Mujanel just said because it's important. And, that, and even coaches, if you're coaching at any level, it's so important to have that have that connection and that communication with your players because they crave it and they're not always going to come in and ask for it. New England Hockey Journal's Rinkwise podcast will return after this message. Catch the Sacred Heart University Pioneers on the ice this season. The Pioneers Division I men and women's hockey programs will not disappoint. Season ticket packages and individual tickets are on sale now at sacredheartpioneers.com. And opening in 2023, Sacred Heart University's Martiri Family Arena, a brand new 122,000 square foot premier skating facility in Fairfield, Connecticut. Learn more at sacredheartpioneers.com. Are you serious about playing your sport in college? Do you need a flexible education that allows you to maintain your practice and competition schedules while also preparing you to succeed at the next level? You should check out the University of Nebraska High School. UNHS is accredited and offers more than 100 online courses, including NCAA-approved courses to protect your academic eligibility. Students could earn a UNHS diploma or take a single course for transfer credit. Courses are college prep, self-paced, and available 24-7, 365. Enroll anytime and take up to a year to complete a course. Visit highschool.nebraska.edu today. Do you want to skate fast? For 50 years, Laura Stam instructors have taught youth players to pros how to skate correctly, powerfully, and fast. Players who attend Laura Stam power skating programs learn how to skate fast by learning how to execute every maneuver in hockey. They become powerful, stable, efficient, and explosively fast skaters. If you can't wait for a clinic, join our subscription skills video service and we'll show you the skills taught at our clinics in an easy-to-use video format with training plans to guide your training. Register or subscribe now at laurastam.com. That's L-A-U-R-A-S-T-A-M-M dot com. You can learn to skate fast. And that takes me back to Mr. Studnika because we started, you started, you alluded to it a little earlier and you talked about the importance of, you know, wanting to be a player and being inquisitive. On Jack, you know, there's, there's pressure for him coming out of junior because he was, he'd scored a lot and then he'd had success. And I think we, one of the points you made is he had a lot of success early on. 
And it's usually the other way around, right? There, where you know, a player comes up to the higher level and he's got to find his find himself. But then in his case, I mean, he really kind of popped in, in Providence, and then he had a good good first few games in Boston. So, what has been so important to him? You know, getting back on track, getting his development back on track, and then what's going to stand him in good stead to eventually break through and, and establish himself at that level and be the player that that you know he he can be, and and we all kind of see in him because he's so versatile and smart. Yeah, he well, that you've hit the nail on the head. It's no secret he's he's a he's a real good player. He's a smart player. Uh, he's a young player, and he falls into the category of you know the Bruins are strong. They've they've got a lot of pieces. Um, again, we want him to be the best version of him when he goes up. This is, this is the best path for Jeff, for, for Jack right now is, is get his game, uh, in a real good place where he can play all different types of situations, big moments. Um, the only way he's going to get experience is going through that. Um, like I said, he's another guy, he could go play, uh, in a team on a team in the NHL where, you know, big moments don't always present themselves and you don't know how he's going to react. But here he's out in the last minute of the game. We need a goal. He's out. Um, he's he's learning what he needs to do to have an identity. Um, again, he's really only, for me, last year was a tough year for everybody. I don't think it was. it's fair to make any type of assessment. So he's really this really is only second real full year of pro hockey. Um, I, I love where his game is actually where we're, when we're talking today, I I think he's been last this weekend was the best I've seen him play. Um, So I'm, I'm really encouraged to where his game's going and where he fits in with the Bruins. It's just right now it's not, there's no room for him and not saying that there's not going to be any room for him, there is, there's big plans for Jack. So let's make sure, um, again, he's the best version of Jack Stanica when he goes up there. And I know, uh, he's putting things in his game that, that are going to help him get there. The two Jacks, I like to call them the, the Jack of clubs, the Jack of spades or whatever, Jack of Sean, um, another just terrific, you know, and it, it's, it's funny. He's, um, He's one of those diamonds in the rough that the that the that the scouts found got him out of college as an undrafted free agent, but he certainly had the kind of impact of, of a drafted player. And uh, just I know you were you were pretty high on him at, at the at the rookie camp and just what he was able to do in Buffalo. And looks like he's really built on that, and he's had some chances in Boston. What uh, where, where is Jack Ashan in his in his uh, development for you right now, Coach? Well, he's another one of those guys probably that nobody had rated in our prospect pool, but I know probably, you know, by now, by talking to me, like how much I, uh, I think he's going to be an amazing NHL player. Um, I get to, I get to see him every day. Um, He's another guy that falls into the category of high quality, high work ethic, high propensity to, to grow and get better. Um, Super, super smart. Just plays the game. Um, where do I see him going? Uh, he, he's a tough one because, I mean, you have to understand too, Kirk. I, you're protective of guys at this level. I just think he's – I've worked with some really good defensemen that are now having huge careers in the NHL. He's right up there for me, not to put crazy expectations on him, but 
our scouting staff, uh, Jamie Lang and Berner, I think the first thing they probably saw was how competitive he was. And that gets lost because of how skilled he is sometimes. But he makes hard plays in tough places. He defends extremely hard. That's that's one of my favorite parts about him. Um, You know, I think Butchie said it best. He wants to have an impact on the game. And, you know, I think about this year when it was a 2-2 game playing uh, Springfield. He's in on the rush on the PK. And... You know, he's trying to score and it ends up in the back of our net off the rush. And and I said to Matty Thomas after I said, uh, th- that's actually what I love about Jack. <laughs> as right. much as it as much as it hurts sometimes as a coach, he wanted to make an impact on the game. And you don't want to ever take that away from a player. That's that's what makes Jack Ashan who he is. And and he's 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 a special player in that regard. And um we're for me here in Providence we're very lucky to have him um you know they've got some good fortunes on the back end right now but if he goes up and he gets a little bit of runway he's another guy I don't think we'll see very much of again right yeah I guess the old adage it's easier to tame a tiger than paint stripes on a pussycat that's it yeah yeah that's it yeah good um well, yeah, he just again, he just plays with the. I mean, and I and I had mentioned you before. Up to me, that he reminds me a lot of Tory Krug. Plays with a real chip on his shoulder, brings that kind of. I mean, yeah, he's not going to be able to physically match up one on one on some of the bigger, stronger guys in the you know at the NHL level or even the AHL. So he's going to have to be smart, but he is, and he's engaged and. He always, you know, he's he's like that guy that always, you know, he always comes to the dance ready to go and on time, right? And that's, I guess, he's, all you Yeah, and, for. you know, he's not a guy I tell to defend any differently than than most. There's some guys like we had Cooper Zek who, you know, he would just never win that 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 battle. So I was like, you, like, you can't get into those, those matchups where you're going to get over. You're just not going to win them. You're not big enough. You're not strong enough. Where Jack, it's a little bit different because he's, competitive strong built differently you know he's not tall obviously but he's what he doesn't have in height he makes up for leverage and and defending low and i mean that's where the game is now is you know you look at grizz he's not a big guy he's not a physical guy but he actually defends better than than most give him credit for yeah no 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 doubt he's uh yeah, he's he's fun to watch and uh, you know interesting in contrast because he 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 wears fifty four uh, up with the big club and I know another guy that that wore fifty four although <laughs> a little bit of a mutt and Jeff conversation conversation with a contrast with those two yeah. but, uh, except Adam McQuaid was working out this morning in the gym I was like. Buddy, are those arms regulation size? He's got the longest arms I've ever seen. And unfortunately, I think his his opponents that fought him found that out the the hard yeah, way too. Yeah, and you would never know it talking to Adam McQuaid. He could be the nicest human being alive. So yeah, no question. Yeah, I had a chance to see talk to him briefly in at the Nashville game on Saturday, so that was nice. Uh we we talked about him and you, you tremendous skill, tremendous ability, tremendous talent. Just has to keep progressing and get that experience and i think you'll probably agree so that he can be the best version of himself when the time comes and that's Jakub Lauko. world class yeah player. he's uh he's as he's another guy that people forget how young he is and how how young we had him uh two years ago i you know he's only 21 um he's 
as skilled as anybody on our team. You know, there's things in his game he's got to clean up, and he knows that. We've recognized that. But, again, full of life. Uh, you enjoy being around him at the rink. Um, his his speed, obviously, is is something that, that probably jumps out at you right away. Um, Jacob's learning the game that he, you know, he's got to find different ways to contribute. Um, and once that comes, you know, together, he's in the NHL. And again, that's what this league is about is, is getting those details in his game and, and he's learning it. He's, he's another guy that wants to get better. And, um, you know, Jacob is, is growing daily, uh, on and off the ice. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy where he is right now. Um, you know, keeping young players uh, when they don't have success is always is always something that you gotta manage as 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 a coach. And it doesn't change with Jacob. He's you know he's hard on himself, probably too hard at times. Um, but he expects the most from him because he's had success wherever he's been. And um, you know he's he's finding that uh, in this league when you have success and you have those details, you're not here very long. So um, it's a little bit of a, a learning process for Jacob, but he's, uh, he's on the right track again, special kid. Um, definitely going to play um, again, just when he goes up, he's got to build credit in the bank for, for Butch and his staff. And those little details are so important when you go up there. Uh, we're just trying to make sure that he, you know, understands those, and he and he does. How about uh, how about some of your quote unquote old men? And by old, I'm talking about 24, you know, 24 year old, 25 year old guys uh, like Cameron Hughes, Zach Senishin, um, and then Samuel Asseline. He's going to be he'll turn uh, 24 this year or in the summer, but how have those guys, those guys kind of, I think sometimes people forget about them, but you had mentioned Cameron Hughes earlier and just how he's been instrumental, you know, as a veteran, it's been around a bit to kind of the early season success. And, you know, I saw Asseline had a, had a good weekend and, you know, like what do those guys bring into the mix and, and how are they, you know, doing what they can to, to, to market themselves as, as potential options to the, to the big club, should they need them in, at some point in the future? Yeah. Well, you know, Kirk Hughes, Hughes, is uh, what they call a coach's uh, binky. He's uh, you know, I always say to him, you know how coaches say that uh, they don't have favorites, Hughesy? Well, they're lying, you know, because <laughs> he's uh he's a, he's a coach's favorite. He does everything well. Um, Anything you ask of him, he's doing it. Uh, always in the right spots. Got great offensive mind. Um, has shown that when he went up to the NHL, he did really well. He he's you know built the trust. I think of Butch just in the two games that he's played up there, uh, which is which is a tough thing to do at the NHL level. Um, same with Sammy. Sammy, for me, I've always loved Sammy, and I've always respected how he's done it. We asked him to go to the East Coast League his first year, went down there and scored 30 goals. Um, has a crazy uh, competitive spirit. Um, just a kid you always root for. And just a, he's just, you know, I, there's a lot of things about Sammy Aslan that I love, um, and I love right now he's having success because it, it just goes to show that when you put the work in and 
and earned an NHL contract this year that not everybody does that either. Uh, another guy that, you know, Evan Gold and Jamie Langenburner recognized as Bruin material. Can he go up and play in the NHL? Absolutely. Um, again, getting his game in a real good place. So uh, excited for Sammy. I think, you know, you're going to see him as a guy we lean on for offense. Same with Yuzi. They, they're both kind of having some success as of late. You know, they were a little bit snake bitten at the beginning of the year, but uh, the puck, they're watching the puck go in the net, which I think is good for players like that. So um, huge, huge in the room. Um, they're part of our leadership group. Um, they're actually two guys that I really lean on for, you know, advice as a coach too. I'm, I'm kind of new at it. I, I'm not one of these old school guys that, you know, I, I think it's real important to get players perspective too. I'm not out there. Um, so it's always kind of nice. Like, are the things that I can do better? So they're two guys I lean on for sure. And then Zach Sinitians, you know, for me, arguably playing the best I've seen him play, um, finding different ways to score, which I think was always kind of a little bit of Zekili's heel and the fact that, you know, he scored a lot of goals off the rush because he's, he skates so fast. Um, so he's putting some things in his game and, and, you know, it's great that it's kind of, he's having some success doing it. Uh, so yeah, it's good to hear. I mean, there, there are so many, right? I mean, I, I, I didn't uh, mention Jesper Froden and, um, you know, Matt Philippe, but you just seem to have a lot of depth there. You've got, and I, I guess that speaks well to when the Bruins call call them up. You've got you've got players like them and Voye and and Brady Lyle and and and, and players like that that can just kind of keep the keep hold the fort, I guess, and 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 keep the home fires burning down there when when you do when you are challenged with having to insert different pieces into the lineup. Yeah, well, you know, on the other part of it, like a guy, a veteran guy like uh, Aaron Ness has really kept the Aaron back Ness, end kind of yeah. together. There's there's been games where it was just him and we had, you know, four or five call-ups from the East Coast League. And, you know, he just shows uh, his versatility and in, in a leader and everything you want in an older player. And then Lewington, you know, the other night was out on the six on five. So it speaks volumes of, you know, how the coaching staff viewed him up there. And it's nothing that we don't know down here. It's, he's a very competitive fella and, um you know, they recognize that, and that's good to see. Right. He was out there killing penalties, too, although that was probably because uh, I think it was Brandon Carlo and uh, I think another D were in the in the penalty box. I can't remember if it was McAvoy, but he, he was out there killing penalties. So, yeah. Yeah, and that's what that's what he, he does. He eats pucks, and he's, uh, he's a gamer. He's a good Canadian boy that plays the game the right way. It's, it's not bad to have sway in there too. I, I'm imagining he's a pretty good goalie from what <laughs> not, I hear. Not too yeah, bad. He's, not no. bad. he's yeah, got. To, he's he might good. be able to <laughs> stick around a little bit, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll keep him around. As we as we wind down, I really appreciate the time. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up some of the guys that aren't in Providence right now, but you had a chance to you've had a chance to work with whether it's at the prospects uh, development camp this summer at Warrior or at uh, at the rookie camp. But uh, guys, you know we you know people are really interested in the Mason Lorais of the world and Fabian Lysel. Um, just kind of what, what, what did you see out of those guys in your, in your exposure and working with them? Yeah. I mean, Fabian Lysel is a pretty exciting player. I, it's funny. His first game was, uh, I don't know if you were there, Kirk, but it was, it was, it was okay. You know, there were some glimpses and then his second game, I just <laughs> went off. I was blown away by him. I, uh, uh, what a steal. Uh, like this kid is special. Um, 
I don't think there was a time he didn't touch the puck where I wasn't like turning to Witter going like, oh my, like this kid is the real deal. Exciting, offensive, uh, great mind, skates really well, sees the ice really well. Um, yeah, it will be interesting to see, you know, I'm not sure how that all works with the junior status and everything else, but um, again, he's going to, you know, eventually at one probably point in his career, be it in the American league level. If he's not, he's not, but um, I think he's going to be a real special player uh, for the Bruins and, and, you know, to get them where they got them. And that goes kind of where, you know, we were kind of going with Kirk. Like you don't really know what you have until you have it. Right. Like you just, you just don't know the person or the player or any of that, that plays into it as well. So um, I think they did a lot of homework on Fabian. And I think um, he's a very, very good pick. Dynamic. You don't get those guys. You don't get those guys. He's a game changer. He's a game breaker. (laughs) Yeah. 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 He was, he was exceptional in the rookie tournament. So, um, and he's having a great year. Uh, in Vancouver, I know, you know, one of my best friends is a coach in Seattle and he's not too, he wasn't too happy with the Boston Bruins that uh, we sent him to. <laughs> right. I yeah. said, you might want, you might want me to keep him here, uh, Matt Odette, because uh, yeah. I know you guys play them like 15 times. So yeah. I know the first time they played him, he sent me a text. He's like, really? What is that? <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, you know, don't do me any favors, right? <laughs> Right, right. Uh, how about and then uh, Mason Lowry? Yeah, he's yeah. yeah. What a what a what a uh, offensive talent. I know talking Equator. There's there's things in his game uh, that really excite us. Uh, there's things in his game again. He's got to get better at as a young defenseman. He's got to you know value his stick and all those things that come with time. And I'm sure he'll get there. But uh, he really impressed me. And some of the video that I've watched on him has been you know he makes some pretty special plays. So. Um, again, one of those, those guys that we need that in, in our prospects is, you know, they've got to be encouraged to create offense and take chances and, and the other stuff will come. Um, but we want it in their DNA. I think that's an important part of it as, as a young defenseman, especially it's, it's gotta be encouraged. Um, that's where the game is today. Like, especially if you're going to play for Butch, you got to be able to make plays. And I watched, and I talk about it a lot with guys is, you know, Brad, and Berge and Poss and these guys work so hard down low to get you the puck up top. And if you don't complete a play with them, like you're not getting eventually it. <laughs> what happens is they just stop giving you the puck. Right. And um, that's what I said to Vax. I said, Vax, like if you keep pumping pucks back down the wall, like eventually they're going to stop giving you it. So let's make sure you're committed to, to completing a play and, you know, have some fun down there and playing with great players. So, uh, we'd like to see all our D, regardless of what you think you are uh, or what you've been told you are, uh, we want, you know, that in your DNA. And it starts at a young age. So it's good to see that Mason Lowry has that in him already. Well, uh, there are some guys we didn't get to, but I think that is a good, solid, uh, I think that's a good, solid trip to the prospect buffet if you're a Boston <laughs> Bruins fan. Uh, Coach Mujanel, again, we're grateful that you could give up your time on a on an afternoon after practice and with everything you have going on to join us on the Rinkwise podcast. Uh, really appreciate it. I'll, I'm just going to 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 go one last 
one last kick at the can here, just in terms of coaching philosophy, just to hammer the point home. You talked about the importance of inquisitiveness, and the story you related with to me was one of the best players you've ever been around. Um, being that inquisitive guy, uh, that you know, future Hall of Fame, probably not 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 an exaggeration. Certainly one of the best er- players of his era, um, but but inquisitive and wanted to be better and that's what's driven him and that's joe pavelski and just uh thought we could maybe end on a note like that and you yeah it's it's it 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 blew me away uh one you know when you're around you get like an amazing opportunity to be around like amazing players and people like you know in san jose i was around you know larry robinson a lot so a lot of like my influences are from larry and um, you know, Joel Pawalski, uh, had a lot of opportunity to be around him and a player that good, that inquisitive wanted everybody's kind of opinion. What I saw, what you like, it was crazy. A guy that had scored that much, uh, how much time he put into the game. And, and if you watch Joel Pawalski, um, people are t- going to tell you he's not a great skater. Um, and I'll tell you time and time again, that as long as he plays in the NHL, he's going to score 20 goals just because he finds different ways to score. Um, and he's done that not through talent, but he's done that through work and being like that. And it's something that I, I reiterate to some of our guys is like, you can't stop learning. You can't stop getting better. Uh, any time you can take ownership in your own development – regardless of where you are just because you're in the NHL doesn't mean that the developing doesn't stop. And he is, uh, for me, somebody that I, I wish I had a lot more of that when I played. Um, he just kind of blew me away. And then, you know, on the flip side of that, I, when I came to Boston and we had the opportunity to, we actually Leachy put together a zoom with Brad Marchand and talking to all our prospects. And I thought it was, you know, for me as a coach, I was just blown away by Brad and how, you know, there's things that this guy's done in his career that people would not believe the time he puts in Brad does on getting better. And, and if you ask me, he's one of the best players in the world right now. And I don't know if people even in Providence when he was here would have, would ever have said that he would be, you know, the top two left wingers in the NHL. But again, they don't know the person, they don't know the drive, um, super inquisitive. Um, and he really reminded me of Joel Pavelski when he was talking and it really kind of hit home with me as a coach. And it's something I hit home with the players is, you know, be that guy, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, I told you, I rated Brad Marchand ninth or 10th when he was on my prospects list. So Shows you what I know. I missed that one, but uh, I'm with you. For best left wing in the world, and you know what? Reigning first NHL star uh, this week, and it doesn't happen by accident. And no. that's and that's no. the thing. You know, talking to younger players that might be listening. You know, I can't stress this enough. And you know, a simple detail like Joe Pavelski going to the goalie coaches and going to the goalies and picking their brains about how he can, what he can do to score to get, and getting inside their mindset. Um, anything you can do to get an edge, if you're a player and you're really committed and want to play, you gotta you gotta figure it out. And guys like Pavelski and Marshan, they weren't high picks, but boy, they've turned in high high level performances. Right, and that's why sometimes those prospects listings. They just, they don't, they don't take that, 
the person into it. So that's why, and, or same with us too, Kirk, right? Like I can sit here and if I started to read it, all the prospect, you know, uh, verbiage on certain players, I would just, my, my probably mindset would be tainted, you yeah. know? And I think that was one thing when I came here, I didn't, I didn't really know these guys and, and, you know, it was just kind of fresh eyes on it. So it's, uh, you know, that plays into it too, at times, you know, you listen to other people. I, the one thing I would say is make your own mind up, right? Players are always proving you wrong. Always. If you give them, if you give them that time, they're always going to prove you wrong. If you think, you know, that's what they are, you know, and, and uh, you know, it's, it's an important part to be open-minded for their growth. Wow. Great stuff, Coach. Again, thank you so much uh, for you, your Kirk. time. I I, it. Yeah, I think we've covered a lot of a lot of great ground, and uh, you know, all the best on on your on your season. It's always nice to have a coach on the podcast when he's come off of a three and zero weekend. So there's certainly uh, <laughs> well, there's... you didn't see me on Monday because the three and threes. I don't know how the players do it because I was exhausted. But again, thank you for for your time, and uh, I think this is a great this is a great episode and a great way to end it. So all the best to you, and uh, uh, keep on rolling. Thanks, Kirk. Appreciate it, buddy. Thanks, Coach. Hey, hope you enjoyed that conversation with Ryan Mujanel. We covered a lot of ground, talked about a lot of players, and he had some really interesting insights about what coaches are looking for and what they deal with at the professional level. Probably some things you never uh, realized were going on. I certainly enjoyed it and benefited from it, and uh, we hope that you will continue to download and subscribe to RinkWise. We've got, uh, we're available on Spotify, Apple, and anywhere you get your podcasts, and we'd love to have you join us on a regular basis. Until next time, we'll see See you at the rink. Thanks for listening to New England Hockey Journal's RinkWise podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other podcast platforms. Follow us on Twitter at NE Hockey Journal, on Instagram and Facebook at New England Hockey Journal, and subscribe to New England Hockey Journal online at hockeyjournal.com. New England Hockey Journal's Rinkwise is a Siemens Media Podcast.